That's a disclaimer. The views and comments made during this episode are those of the participants and do not represent any entity that they volunteer with or are employed by. Enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome to Let's Do Podcast we discuss geopolitics, national security, a whole bunch of nonsense over beers. I'm your host, Ryan Young, and joining me tonight is... Colleen. Sean. And we're recording on December 27th, 2020. The year is almost over. Almost. Blessedly. <laughs> Blessedly. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a long year. Uh, also, I'm, I apologize because I know the last episode we put out was about four weeks ago. It's been kind of just uh, herding cats, figuring out how we want to do this episode general laziness, all kinds of good stuff like that. There's been a lot of 2020 that has occurred in 2020 between his last episode about 2020. 2020 is really 2020-ing pretty hard. Listeners, you understand. I know you do. Because you've been here along with us. Yeah, especially if if you're in the U.S. It's been a a fucking ride. Um, So yeah, as is the clever title I made, um, which I don't know yet. (laughs) Uh, it's we're talking we're talking about 2020. Uh, you kind of decided upon the title, yet you referenced the title. 2020 is going to be in it. I know that for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, we're going to be talking about 2020, kind of in review, but also kind of just like looking at it in a way, in a kind of positive way. Like, here's all the bad things that happened, and next year it might be better. It might, it might not. We're hoping. We could do like for the title, we could do like the Titanic quote of like, "It's been 84 years." <laughs> <laughs> and that's just one year i'll keep it in mind but anyway before we get to uh talking about this wonderful year we've had um what's everybody drinking tonight uh i'm drinking uh smart mouth's alter ego they're a brewery out of norfolk it's a uh, farmhouse ale it's a it's not exactly a uh like a Belgian, but it's not exactly an IPA. It's somewhere in between. I don't know what that means, but it's nice. I like it. It's good. I am drinking a German wheat beer, a Polliner Hefeweizen. Um, it's probably my favorite beer, and I've drank a lot of it during the pandemic. I got a special Christmas beer from Devil's Backbone Brewery. It's a all-night wrapping. It's an Imperial Coffee Black Lager. Ooh, that sounds that, good. That sounds really intense, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I have to say, probably my favorite Christmas present is when I got from my boss, where he gave me a $50 gift card to Total Wine. So I went there and I spent, I think, $75 on beer, uh, just buying different types of every selection. And so now our house is full of it. And uh, did, you, did, you get, did you get Natty Bow? I didn't get Natty Bow, um, just because I don't want to feed uh, your, you know... Your Maryland boner, because I can't, I can't allow that. <laughs> Maryland boner. I see the Natty Bow flag in the fucking background. I can't allow yeah. that. I can't allow that. Even if I got Natty Bow, I wouldn't tell you here and now on record. No, no. Then, then the whole world would know. Yeah. No, can't allow that. Okay, Colleen would tell me. I think. No, Colleen uh, needs Maryland too. It's okay. Right, I live in Virginia. I'm a Virginian now. Sorry. It's gross. Uh, yes, uh, she's joined the Commonwealth. Ah, fantastic. The Commonwealth? The, yeah, the, I've, the, I've, the Commonwealth I've of Virginia. Only, I've only lived here for seven years, but it's okay. 
Yeah, you've lived here longer than I have. I've been here yeah. like a year and a half. But but his proximity to where he did live still makes it so that he holds attachment to there versus where you have renounced your uh, faith of uh, New York State um, and joined uh, joined us down here in the Commonwealth. Oh, so Colin, I, I formally were... renounced. I mean, Colin, that's, I... you told that to me. I don't I don't know what I don't know what your thoughts are. Colin, I thought you were Canadian. I uh, live like a six-hour drive from Canada. To, I'm not to, Canadian. To to the dear listeners, dear listeners, hello. Um, we have established in a previous conversation that if you if you live with, within a one-hour radius of any Tim Hortons anywhere, you are a honorary Canadian citizen, or at least in their zone of influence, which is where Colleen grew up in upstate New York. So Tim she, Hortons is basically an embassy. Exactly. It's it's an imperial outpost. Uh, all Tim Hortons are so um, of the of the greater uh, Canadian state. So um, there's hello, also Canada. so many Tim Hortons though, like around the U.S. It's not just near me. Like there's probably one within like two or three hours of D.C. But you know, Ryan. I mean, and just to me, I don't know about you, but to me, that sounds like Canadian imperial propaganda. Propaganda, or just you know, overstepping their bounds. Fake news, some would call it. I may or may not be Googling where the nearest important is. <laughs> I'll do that later. Yeah. But anyway, speak, speaking of coffee, actually, I, I, I don't like coffee beers, but I actually really like this beer. So I, I said, if people can get this, Dev- I mean, I probably get it from Devil's Backbone Brewery itself, which is kind of hard to get to because it's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. In Virginia. Where is it? Near, <coughs> oh, no, it's near Wintergreen uh, Ski Resort. So that's where I... I will. Yeah. Kevin got Kevin. actually picked this up for me the other night because he was back kind of home. And I was like, I'm going to talk about thing. I was like, hell yeah, give me something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, the episode after this, uh, Ryan has promised me, will be an episode about a Canadian imperial expansion. So listen closely, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The first, we'll represent, first episode of Colleen will represent the Great Beaver, as they call uh, the, the uh, state of Canada. And uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to actual topics, uh, we're going to cover the most, uh, obviously the most, I guess, world-changing aspect of this year, which was COVID nineteen. I mean, it's just it it ravaged the world, and especially the U.S. has been particularly bad. I mean, we have handled it uh, amongst the worst of most a lot of countries. Uh, I mean, there's countries that have done worse, but we're supposed to be like the lone superpower in the world. We have fucking just thrown it away (laughs) yeah it has like please yeah i think covid like how i've seen it is it's really just exposed all of the inequalities and all of the just like fuck upperies of especially like looking in the united states like and the the stimulus bill that was like supposed to happen and trump hasn't really done anything with it though but even just like the politicians I think worldwide, but specifically in the U.S., just have no idea of what normal people go through on a daily basis and how COVID has affected them, especially, like, someone like Nancy Pelosi being like, oh, $600, that will save some people's, like, entire winter. Like, no, like, $600 won't cover. (laughs) Right. Well, also, yeah, one where is literally anything, but also $600 will not last me a winter. Like, do you know how much rent is for literally anybody? They're, like, just so out of touch, and 
it's just exacerbated everything. What's what's impressed me is how um is how while everything is changing monumentally, uh so few things uh want to shift at all that it's a uh you know, it's an international pandemic the likes that we haven't seen since uh, the Spanish flu, you know, 100 years ago, almost exactly by now. And uh but you still have while limited a fair amount of international travel or fair amount of all these things that are normal but far less of it that is still going on and i would say that even with all of the shake that covid's done uh the whole it, it hasn't shaken like the international scene of of how countries relate to each other terribly that much but it has political the, the domestic politics of a lot of places a lot like here in the united states Generally, Trump has tried to shift the blame for any type of uh, poor handling of COVID on China, while at the same time claiming that it's been handled perfectly and at all times and it's been masterful. But, like, I'd say as far as inter-country relations, they haven't really changed that much because of COVID, to be honest, which is almost a bit surprising. Yeah, it's just... I mean, it basically became a... Very. I remember we actually did um, our last like in-person episode like the weekend before we went to lockdown, like back in March. And we're like, when we did it, we're like, all right, don't touch each other, don't fucking quad your hands, <laughs> do all that shit. Like, like, we'll just kind of figure this out. We're gonna do this episode and see what what happens in the next week or so. And you know, and I, I kind of figured it was gonna last a while. I didn't think it was gonna be this bad or that. Thing. It's just like other countries handle it so well. I think it's basically it's very wear a mask. Uh, really helps. Uh, people don't understand that, and that became a, it became a political thing in the U.S. It's like, don't infringe my freedom. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And, uh, you know, and, it's become a disaster. And if masks didn't work for whatever reason, let's pretend that it's a thing, then why have doctors used them for like a hundred years straight of like wearing a mask while doing surgery of any type and shit like that? It's, but they can't breathe. They, they can't breathe when they have it, though. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you really can't breathe when you got COVID. Let me tell you that, sister. But okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we're at, we're at three hundred thirty-four thousand dead. Um, you know, when the higher numbers. Like, yeah, you know, it's just been it's been bad. But like, there is, I guess, light in the tunnel that there's a vaccine. There's a couple of vaccines now, and they're getting distributed. And it's like, is it going super well? Not completely. Um, there's been things that piss people off, like people from Congress who've denied it exists, and now they're getting fucking shots. And it was kind of like, I understand why they're getting shots. It still seems like bullshit to me. Um, mm-hmm. it's just like, if you, you said it was fake the entire time, then why are you, why are you getting one now? Why are you getting a shot? Then you fucking asshole. Yeah. My favorite thing is that Andrew Cuomo wrote his book on how he defeated the coronavirus, like halfway through this year. And it's like, really? dude, instead of writing a, huh. yeah, instead of writing a fucking book about how you did well, which I think he did a lot of things well early in the pandemic when New York was getting fucked, but also like stop writing your goddamn book, and fucking do something. Well, well, also I feel like that's that's a victory lap to take, at at minimum after it's kind of gone down. Like, yeah, all right. that's what I mean. But it's like while things are very bad. And uh, while your state has 
improved compared to other places, don't be like writing a fucking book, taking Victor Lap and of. And I mean, the only reason people write a book really is because, well, you can get a bun of talking money uh, off of it. So, like, bro, not not bad time. Really bad time. It's it's, it's, a, it's in real bad taste. It's yeah. it's in bad taste. Exactly. Yeah. Which is which uh, is similar to like the stimulus bill that they put forward, where it has like millions and billions for a bunch of other random stuff, and it's like, all right, I'm going to completely ignore what those things are, no matter what. It's in bad taste to even be trying to like add pork to a giant stimulus bill that, while a bunch of people are having a bad time, and then saying, oh, there's not enough money to add to these other things, while adding hundreds of millions to. A bunch of random fucking projects all over the place. Yeah, like there's aid to Egypt and Sudan and Israel in the bill. There's like funding a bunch of arts and museums and stuff, which like it's not bad things, but it's also like, why is that what we're focused on right now? Bad, bad timing a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's just also it kind of a little bit of bad history. I mean, the relations with some of these countries is like it, it matters to kind of maintain that sort of thing. And it, it yeah. is. It it's does, all a thing, but, but it's, just, it's just like you can still make fucking a little bit, make people a, bit, a little bit better for people, like, or just having better policies for you know everything that was gone on. You can't just make up for it now, but like you should be doing better. I don't know. This is we're getting kind of domestic, but um, we maybe we should just do a COVID episode one time and just be like, we'll just vent for an hour. <laughs> but that um, could be way longer than an hour, and you know it, but. Your you your solid point, yeah. It'll only be an hour though. Um, <laughs> um we do an event on it. Those things are like three hours. Um everyone everyone can have a say and complain. Um sure. two are just to put something on the book and and to give people a reason to be like, Oh well, you know, Ryan's stupid. Uh how <laughs> long uh when do you think the vaccine will reach will reach enough people to to make it where things and lockdowns and stuff of that nature can begin to be eased down. I, I, I mean, I would go, I thought the original pandemic would end after a couple our birth, months. Our birthday, our birthday, we're going to pick our birthday again. We're going to pick June. <laughs> I, not going to lie. I would pick June. Yeah. Just because I was wrong in the past. I will not guess. I'm not going to guess any sooner. <laughs> yeah, you mean maybe. in the U S or worldwide? Yeah. Maybe June. Maybe I mean at least in some areas. I think like DC might be better by then. Obviously, I think there's also tons of government personnel who are going to be on that that sooner sooner rather than later list. Yeah. And all the, all the other people, all the normies like us, would have to fucking wait for it. Yeah. <laughs> they are predicting and, by like March or April. Um, a lot of people, like most of maybe not most of the population, but a lot of them will have the vaccine. That and then there are over 80 companies filing to have their particular COVID vaccine approved. So it's not just Pfizer and these other people. It's there are lots of people who are or different companies that are trying to get this done. Um, the reason for that is because you make a fuck ton of money by having a vaccine that will save you from the plague. But neither here nor there. There's a lot of people trying to do a vaccine. So I I think it could be earlier uh, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, also we have a um a new president coming in who actually cares about helping people. I think. So there's that. Or admits that people need help to fight a global pandemic. 
Yeah, at, at the very least. At the very least, that's what we got. But anyway, we can talk about COVID all night. We're going to move on. Good. Um, so New Year's, we actually we spent together. Um, we had a party that was uh, titled, Maybe 2020 Will Be Better NYE Party, New Year's Eve Party. I titled that, and goddamn, I was wrong. I was so wrong in every fucking way. <laughs> it's, 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 my friend said that to me today. I was like, oh, man, it's harsh. I, I was dead on wrong. But like but a couple of days later, um, the U.S. assassinated Qasem Soleimani, the uh, leader of the Quds Force of the Iranian Re- Revolutionary Guard Corps, and uh, started a bunch of shit. I mean, the guy kind of needed to go. He was a fucking problem for years. But like, we killed him in Baghdad. An allied country who we work, we've you know we've we've had issues with because you know the whole occupation thing and then other shits happened, and what we did and we did it at their fucking airport, not even like far out in the middle of Iraq somewhere, like at their airport in Baghdad, which was super fucked. Um, and that kind of led to some other things. Mostly, uh, I mean that also was a targeted killing of a foreign entity. I guess he's like the second popular, most popular guy in Iran. Yeah. And and no one's disagreeing that Samani was a bad guy, but I feel like a lot of people are disagreeing. Don't blow him up with the drone in the middle of the capital of a country that we're supposed to be really cool with. Because I'm I mean I'm not sure how much actual like solid benefit that the U.S. got from that, even pretending that it was the right thing to do in the first place. Yeah, I would say we got zero negative benefits from it because yeah especially from iraqi domestic politics right and i think a lot of like you know people i've talked to that work on syrian policies they're like you know this is objectively good for the syrian people of someone like Soleimani being gone but in the grand scheme of especially looking at iran u.s relations Trump had already started this crisis when he withdrew from the uh, Iran nuclear deal, the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action back in 2018. And this was just like another peg in that. Like, it helped no one in nothing. And I don't blame Iran for, like, it's going to be really hard for Biden to get back to where we were under the Obama administration. Because I, I do give Obama administration, like John Kerry, a lot of credit for the years of negotiating that went into the JCPOA, the Iran deal. And I mean, Europe is still abiding by it. But I don't blame Iran for being like, well, fuck you guys too. And so they are closer to building a nuclear bomb than they were when the U.S. was in compliance. And it's just... It's not good for anyone or anything. Uh, just to be clear, it's like that the deal is not the most perfect deal ever, but it was never designed to be. It was designed to be like, no. what's, sure. here's, the fir- here's the first deal, then we'll make another one because that's how diplomacy sure. works, and move on. And it would and things would have been fine, most likely. Um, and, and at the same time, if you take that deal and apply it to any other, say, rogue nuclear actor, maybe North Korea, one that says we're allowed inspection of facilities, we're allowed to monitor... Uh, all types of refinement uh, installations and things like that. If Trump had somehow gotten that deal with North Korea back when those talks were going on, he would have been hailed justly as an great statesman and someone that you know got through a act of diplomacy that no one else could see coming. Of course, that I didn't happen. No one, of course, no one, that didn't happen, and no one really thought it was. But then 
because it had someone else's name on it, then threw away this deal. Um, which, yeah, uh, yeah only only kind of made things uh, things worse a little bit. Do do y'all see things? How how could a possible Biden administration or other international actors get things back on track with this? Do you see any way that could occur? Because I'm well, I, I'm I not saw, sure. It could, Frank, I saw um, an article. It was I think it was God. It was either it was a German member of the EU Parliament or a member of a uh, you know the German government. And essentially, what he wanted it was like, hey, 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 he's like cautioning around, like, hey, calm down, don't, don't leave it. U.S. is coming back to it. Biden's coming. Like, just like, just wait, just wait and give it some more time, and then we'll, we can try to work this out. And Iran government has not kind of said anything towards it. I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, I hope it's it'll be it'll it won't be easy. Like Colleen was saying, like it's going to be a whole process, but it's worth trying to at least like patch things up in this kind of sense. I mean, Iran's kind of a bastard country a lot of times, but um, you know, done some really terrible things and continue to do so, but it's just like you know, progress can't be made by just you know, point of a stick. Yeah, and I think that it will be a major priority of Biden in the first hundred days, and I do think we might have to give up a little bit more than if Trump wasn't so belligerent in our relations, and. And I mean, I to a certain degree, I don't blame Iran for being like, well, we negotiated this deal with you guys. You're the ones that backed out. Like, we need something more from this. And I, I know that, I mean, as we saw in the, in the negotiations in, what was that, like 2015, a lot of people were like, why isn't, like, human rights um, in Iran an issue in this deal? And, like, you just can't put, you just can't, like, ask for everything in the kitchen table in a deal like this. And I'm worried that Iran is going to ask for a little bit too much that the Biden administration isn't willing to give up. But it's also like we probably will have to to get back to any deal with them because I I don't blame them to a certain point. Like we we fucked them over. Yeah, then like we've been kind of dicks with COVID. Like we've like we add more sanctions, really hurting their country, their economy. It's like you know people are fucking dying. It's not this isn't the time or place to kind of do that sort of stuff. And it's been. You know, it's it's again like we've said a couple times, like everything's kind of been done in bad taste in 2020, and that's one of the things that was uh, additional because like it wasn't even like there was, I think those sanctions came after the virus too. It wasn't like you know before. It was like, oh, we just you know, like, oh, we didn't know it's gonna happen. Yeah. Kind of just... So essentially, in the past few months, the Trump administration just keeps adding sanctions, and especially after Trump lost the election. He like someone in administration just came out and was like, yeah, we're just going to continue to fuck over Iran until we're out because we can and we want it to make it horrible for the Biden administration and for Iran. So, yeah, completely agree. Yeah, because it's just like there's people in administration who are Iran hawks. And it's just like I get that kind of sentiment. I really do because I kind of feel similar to it in a lot of ways, honestly. But it's just like time and place for everything. There's a time and place for everything. And like this isn't the time or place. It's like. We don't, we don't, we're not going to be best friends with them probably ever. We've done some, we've done awful things to each other, which is fucking, but still, it's like. Do, uh, do you all think that, uh, the Biden administration will have any, uh, leeway in, uh, with, with Iran or with a lot of the U.S. partners? We'll get to those later. But do you think they'll have any leeway in negotiations because they're so different from the Trump administration that, hey, you guys have been dealing with X person for four years who will, do things just because they really fucking feel like it and and you know you have to deal with the consequences including adding sanctions 
uh, mostly for domestic political effect in the middle of pandemic, especially after you lost said domestic political election. That, I mean, I I think that some of it will have a, uh, I think that Biden administration will have certain hay to make that, hey, we're not as bad as the people that you've been dealing with for four years. But at the same time, uh, as I think Colin and Brian, as you as well said, that uh, we we committed to doing something, then we backed out of doing that thing, which uh, isn't really going to help our credibility in any negotiations the Biden administration will have at all. I mean, it it would take a big symbolic gesture for any type of or any type of gesture for the Biden administration to gain back a lot of the credibility that was burnt away in mere months. Oh, yeah. I mean, even look at it, I immediately hit that we're not going to talk about this a lot tonight, but like um, comes to mind is like when we abandoned the Kurds in Syria. Um, it's like, oh, our no one wants to fucking work with us now because we'll. It's like, oh, America has won't keep their word. Won't when we abandoned hate. them for like the second time, or yeah, at, at minimum the second time, yeah, like, and, and that was arguably the most reliable partner the U.S. had in the entire region. But yeah, jeez, Louise, yeah, that that's a whole that's a whole thing in itself. And Ryan said he didn't want to get into it. But actually, yeah, I, go ahead. No, I think that they might have a little leeway in saying, like, look, like, we didn't want this. If it was a continuation of, like, Obama administration to, like, a Hillary administration, we wouldn't be here right now. And I think that the real implications of that is, like, the negotiations with Iran took years and, like, so much, like, even under just, like, four years of Obama. And so I think it's just going to be it's just going to be such a difficult deal to make in the next months, next years, just because of that. Like it was hard to begin with. And now, like I said, like, I think Iran's just going to want more, which makes sense that they want more. So I think they will have some leeway, but at some point, yeah, it's our credibility. Like why would they give up certain things when, you know, maybe in another four years we'll see, Ivanka Trump as president, and then she'll go back <laughs> where, you know, like, it's, it doesn't don't make you, sense. For... Don't you ever fucking say that on this podcast ever again. <laughs> Never fucking again will you ever say or that. whoever, Ivanka Trump, you know, fucking Nikki Haley, uh, uh, Chris Tucker Christie. <laughs> yeah, all like. The, all, all the worst people. You guys are making lots of funny jokes that'll become reality in a couple of years, so I, I, I dislike this intensely. Hey, we don't need, you know, it's four years from now. We don't have to worry about it now. <laughs> Just like policy. Fam- famous soon-to-be last words. Okay, anyway. <laughs> but anyway, so I actually I, I brought up Syria. and actually helps me transition a little bit to what we're talking about next, which is, uh, remember that time Russian armored vehicles ran uh, a U.S. Uh, vehicle off the road in Syria and cornered them? It was a whole thing. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. That was after the um, the bounties in Afghanistan. So Russia. Oh, oh, then oh wait, and then a couple months later, which we didn't find out until just basically now, there was a giant Russian hack from that went on for months where they compromised multiple systems in the U.S. government. Yeah, but we're still treating them fine, huh? That's weird. I I spoke to Putin personally. This is me, and uh, he said that he didn't do it. So, um, I mean, I think me as 
this random guy has the credibility to say this. And uh, as much as the president did in Helsinki, however many years ago. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, Ryan, I think all of what you're saying doesn't count. So moving on. So you're pro-Russia, pro-China, pro-Israel. Uh, damn it. Um, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but talk about yeah, for real. yeah, but for real, uh, the, uh, the, yeah, the Russians have kind of had a pretty free hand in doing a lot of stuff uh, over the past couple of years. And I don't see in any way how there won't be a significant backlash, uh, especially with the U.S. that's, like, say, recommitted to NATO and stuff like that, which I'm assuming the Biden administration will be uh, in the next couple of years. Um, it'll really be a question of what... Uh, like, what exactly would a Biden administration do and how um, and how would it want to respond? Because he's already kind of made a statement. like there will be an act in return it was basically essentially the statement that came from his camp after this all kind of came out. He's like, we need to do something. And then Trump has not said anything on it. If he has, it's going to be long lines of like, well, it might not have been. It might have been. Oh no, he's, he tweeted out. It might have been China who did it instead. It's like, but no, we we know that it's Russia. Like, that's it's proven purely, that it was Russia. That's purely wishful thinking on his part, just because he wants to deflect attention. And this isn't to say, oh, China doesn't do a bunch of messed up stuff. They do a lot, a lot of messed up stuff. But tr- stop trying to deflect it away from a country that you have no reason to like it for some reason, like. So I will challenge the narrative a little bit that we've just not done anything with, like, haven't punished Russia in any way. I mean, the sanction, Fair. we definitely sanctioned them. We've also, I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but we've destroyed virtually any progress on nuclear arms control that's been made since the 70s and 80s with Russia in the past few years. Like, I don't think Trump's just letting them get away with anything. I mean, he withdrew from the Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces Treaty because, like, he said that Russia may have been disregarding parts of it, which I think they may have been, but the answer isn't to just say, like, all right, well, fuck you. Like, so I think the the biggest thing that I'm curious about what Biden will do is balancing this relationship of saying, like, yes, they have done horrific things in Syria and Afghanistan messing with our election in 2016 and and then this year possibly and then the the hacking but also acknowledging that diplomatic efforts with them is better than anything else especially just like all the things we've lost because we virtually only have like one guardrail left on any kind of arms control with Russia right now and if Biden doesn't do anything within 20 days, I think, no, less than 20 days, between January 20th and February 5th, then we la- then we lose the last treaty that we have, and, like, we're free to build up our nuclear arms, and so is Russia, and we're back to, you know, 1990 levels. So Fuck I do yeah, challenge that narrative a little it. bit, that we haven't punished Ryan. them. And what? I said, fuck yeah, arms race, let's do it. Let's Ryan, make Bad line. Bad. <laughs> Stop down. No for everybody. Get a, everyone gets down. A, everyone bad. gets a low yield nuclear weapon. That's the part bad. of the stimulus package, right? Colleen, you two bat down. Stop it. <laughs> I don't think anyone's told this to Nancy Pelosi, but like how about <laughs> just a baby nuke for everyone? Anyways, um 
Yeah, so that's what I'm most curious about, how Biden's going to react to this and go like go forward with it because he is getting a lot of pressure to punish them for things that they did that they should be punished for but also is that in our best interest yeah or what what extent is it in our best interest yeah i mean do we want to talk about open skies then just go and just talk about it because like that's something that happened in 2020 because we do we did we did actually a great episode uh on it uh, don't nuke Nevada because we also talk about nuclear testing in the U.S., which Trump was talking about bringing back, which is like okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, Colleen, open skies. What's uh, with? Is there a chance that we? Is there a chance we still come back from it? Not even even now after Trump's like, oh, we're done with it. So I think open skies, intermediate range nuclear forces treaty, extending New Start. I think Putin has given all signals that he's ready to get back in these. I'm not sure about, I don't think he said anything about open skies specifically. So open, the open skies treaty, I guess was a treaty between Russia and the U S that they essentially like exchanged data on testing and flights. And it was really just like a mutual kind of verification tool. Um, that aided both countries to exchange data about their nuclear programs. And Trump withdrew from it back in May. God, that seems like so long ago. Um, And yeah, so I think that, I mean, that was obviously a blow to the relationship because it was just such a good trust building act um, and something that we've lost like on top of everything else, all of the other nuclear arms control treaties that have been destroyed or the INF treaty that's been destroyed. And so I, so Putin had in negotiations with the U S on new start specifically, he has said he's pretty much open to extending it with no other terms. And I think it's seen, I don't know if you said anything about open skies more recently and especially with Biden going forward, but it seems like he is willing and ready to, get back in some of these treaties. It's a question of how long it will take and what if if he will kind of add some of these ter- any terms on top of it. Because similar to what we were talking about with Iran, like Russia's gonna be like, look, we signed these deals with you, you know, going back 20, 30 years, you know, looking at open skies, looking at New Start, uh, looking at the INF treaty. And we're the ones that started withdrawal from all of these. And so we'll, like, what will those negotiations look like? And especially in regards to all these other issues that we're talking about with U.S.-Russia relations. Part, part of me is, part of me is almost suspicious of said, like, willingness to be joined these only because of how compliant the Trump administration has been with a lot of uh, things that the Russians are generally in favor of. Um, only that, you know, while the U.S. while Trump, the Trump administration has been saying we're not going to join this, Putin is free to say, oh, well, we would have joined it if Trump was cool with it in the first place. But then um, I, I wonder that once Biden joins, if there will be then, as you said, extra caveats, part because, well, we are the ones that backed out, but also part that, well, now that's kind of by design that they can come back and say, oh, well, you know, we we were the first ones to say we were cool with this in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I will say that Putin essentially said with New Start, let's extend it. Trump and his administration were like, well, no, like we need to add this and this and this. 
And then Putin came back and we're like, okay. And then Trump like kept adding things to it. So like Trump was willing or Putin was willing and able to like sign off on pretty much anything. But then the U.S. would come back and be like, wait, no, we want to add this and this and this. Um, so I do think to a certain because like, Putin knows it's in his best interest to extend these like it is good for Russia to have data on our nuclear arsenal and to be um, to have some of these verification measures. So he knows it's good for Russia, even if he has to give up certain things. Um, so I, I am confident in it, but I but again, if it does get to a point where he's like, well, I need this, this and this because of you guys fucked us over. I also understand that. So it's a question of, can we just extend new start outright, which I think we should. And then we build upon it later. Fair. Yeah. We'll, we'll see if Putin's still president. Cause apparently he's also considering leaving cause he might, if people think uh, he might have something or we'll some sort of health issue or we'll see about that. Yeah. I, it's... I, I'm not saying that's not fully possible that he has had bad health issues, but I feel like that's also the kind of thing that you say occasionally just to a see what people's reaction is and b um you know judge uh judge how your opponents would start you know trying to fill in any type of vacuums whether they're opponents inside your own faction or some other faction like he he, maybe, he said or that maybe, or maybe you oppo- maybe you poison those opponents <laughs> A couple of times, actually, yeah. Maybe you poison them on multiple occasions. Like Alexei Navani, who basically, he has, like, proof now that FSB poisoned him, and it's a whole thing. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, well, that's not cool, Russia. And they're like, well, you know, we did yeah, it. We'll, <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do about it? So, like, what would you like to happen as far as, like, the U.S., like, punishing Russia, essentially, for... Or not even just the U.S., but, like, U.K. specifically, like, with the uh, Navalny case. Like, what would you like to happen to, like, punish Russia for that? Well, Navalny, Navalny's Russian. He's not... He's not right, he, but didn't he, it, it happened in the U.K.? No, no, no. This was in Eastern Russia. Okay, which... What was the U.K. one I was thinking of? That, it's one of the former FSB guys. They've done it a couple of times. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was the that was the uh, pen the pen puncture uh, poison that I think you might be referencing, where they uh, essentially stabbed him with a radioactive poison using a uh, umbrella. That uh, that very got, cold war. Uh, well, like categorically cold war. It's literally in the spy museum. The thing that they. <laughs> that that was used an example of it so even just looking at like the u.s or international bodies like what can they do like what would you like to see them do like under the biden administration i mean obviously open war of russia would be the best bet i mean let's take jesus christ let's do it we'll just go no (laughs) um i don't know it's just like accountability i mean also we have um god what's the one um I can't think of it. the um, sanction we have it's on, on individuals. Like, just go after it and be like, Putin and all of his top people, just kind of fuck with them. I mean, that would be something to kind of send a message like, hey, don't be dicks. But also, you can't go too far because you want them to also cooperate with you. Well, so you can a- do that. Then you can also target uh, Russian foreign arms sales, which are like a couple hundred billion dollar industry for the Russian yeah. state every year. Um, and things of that nature. 
but yeah, like like, like turkey. Uh. I mean, like Turkey, but also like <laughs> half the half the freaking planet, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, buy Russian stuff. Uh, yeah. If if they don't if they don't buy U.S. and Europeans, then they buy Russian. To be frank, <laughs> it's like it. It's if they can't buy from the Europeans or the, or America, it's either because it's political or they can't afford it. Yeah, sounds about right. Um, but but I'd say something something like that. But then it's. I mean, it, part of it would be a backtracking on some of the concessions slash lack of action the U.S. has already done. Um, but a, a lot of things, like any type of action in Syria, I'd say part of that would almost be too late. Like, you know, what can, what can, what things can the U.S. undo that it should have done or that it didn't do or that it stopped doing, say, by supporting the Kurds? Um, and a lot of, in, say, Syria, that would counter Russian influence slash stuff like that. And the answer is not a lot. I mean, we we could do more show of force kind of stuff in the med. I mean, that'd be true, but uh, true, but different things like that would be in part posturing. Um, Like it's not like that would have a lot of significant effect. And you could do stuff in the med. Sink a Russian ship, whatever you want. You want World War Three, Sean? Okay, let's not. Okay, okay, no, bad, bad, down, down, (laughs) bad, but. Posturing in the Med or posturing in the Baltic, uh, like stuff that would only be like you know, uh, like a flash. I'm not sure it would really matter that much, to be frank. I think it'd be backing countries that they back also, so get, have have people transition their fucking influence to us. Essentially, like, like be more involved in the stands and the kind of human rights stuff, and also like nation building kind of things, and kind of like, hey, we can help you more in Russia, can? They're like, oh, hello, America. They didn't see you over there. That's a lot of long-term stuff, though, that I don't think the U.S. can suddenly turn. Like, in uh, the stands, I'm, uh, in the stands or in a lot of places, I'm not sure that's something that you can just turn on and off with the... Uh, that you could turn on in even four years, to be frank. I think we... I think it could be... We, we haven't been great at the whole, like, nation-building thing, too. And, like, I don't know who would trust us if the Americans come in. They're like, we are here to save you. And it's like fuck you like get the fuck out of here so like i yeah i don't think that that's necessarily the answer yeah i'm just i guess i'm just worried that any kind of punishment arc that the biden administration would get it would just ruin our relationship with russia and we do need their cooperation to a certain point and if there is more posturing in the baltics like it could escalate real quick i mean there was a fault there was a nuclear false alarm in germany just a few weeks ago and luckily like one person caught it and was like nope that's a false alarm and so like posturing is just gonna like increase that chance even more but 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 at the same time like like over the especially the fast port past four years they've had a lot of uh they've had a lot of running room with a lot of things and they have taken said running room and i mean is it is it the best to just allow that to continue because why would they not continue to do those exact same things under a biden administration i think it, it might be more of a turn to status quo like hey i know we put more troops in um in poland and that kind of stuff we could maybe pull them back to germany where they belong and that kind we're of not stuff. good at but we're, we wouldn't actually do that though to be frank because there'd be a whole bunch of defense hawk people people Possibly rightly saying that would be seen as abandoning Poland, which the Poles are extremely no, 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 sensitive we, about. 
we'd be returning them to Germany, where they were based originally. Because all the all the forces in Poland are basically rotationary forces. But we can um, also remove our nuclear forces from Turkey, like our uh, from Ankarlik. I think that's what it's called. Like yeah, I think there's all, a lot might, of different that might, options. That might also be best for just safety of the nukes, considering, yeah. considering our relations with Turkey. Um. Yeah. So we're kind of running down on time. Does anyone have any brief last minute? Decision or the things I want to bring up. So, what about 5G? <laughs> so, uh, as anybody's probably seen the news in the U.S., uh, we had a bomb that went off in Nashville, which apparently was about uh, targeting 5G um, breakers or communicate. I don't know what the fuck you call them. Transponders, I guess. Whatever. Yeah, maybe it sounds good. <laughs> but yeah, apparently it just some. Fucking consp- 5G compares- conspiracy guy detonated a uh, SVBID, which is a suicide vehicle-borne I- improvised explosive device. We do not need that a- that acronym. No, we don't need that acronym. Boy. Are you sure? Are you sure? I think I kind of like it. S-V- I've used it a long time. SVB. What? Say that again. SVBID. Yeah, we. You just want to show off your acronym knowledge. It's a suicide bombing. All right, moving on. Thank you. Listen, we're in DC, so of course I'm going to show off my uh, my acronyms. <laughs> YPFP. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's it's been crazy. Apparently, some guy, you know, pulled up an RV, called people to just go away, and then it set off at some point, early like middle of the night, and they're kind of just been FBI some piecing together what happened. And apparently, he just was one of those anti five G people, who was just like, oh. Um, I don't like 5G. 5G causes cancer and or controls your mind. We don't know what 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 uh, what level of conspiracy theory he is. Yeah, and and at least for anything about 5G, at least to me, the really dumb thing is that 5G has been around this entire fucking time. It just wasn't called 5G because the 5G didn't connect to your phone. It used to connect to your radio. It used to connect to your satellite TV. But now, but now it connects to your phone, so you hear about it. So suddenly, it's like the devil, which is Sean, fucking Sean, dumb. I will not Sean, back down. I will not yield. You are out of order, sir. Sean, I, yes. I don't. It doesn't make any sense. It means we've had COVID the entire time. The secret is you've always had COVID. Exactly. <laughs> it's like walking. It's like Walking Dead. Everyone, everyone's like infected. Hulk. Yeah, yeah, it's like <laughs> Hulk. You're, he's always been angry or something like that. I, I, I missed one or two of the Avengers. It's fine. I've always had 5G. <laughs> I've always had 5G. <laughs> yeah, the the bombing was a bit like some of the old IRA ones where they would say, "Hey, there's a there's a bomb at this place. Um, leave." Which was Yeah, I mean, hopefully it's the last national security or foreign policy thing that happens before uh, a couple days from now before the new year changes, but don't, uh, you know, don't say that. Don't. Bad. Bad. <laughs> That, don't. I really don't want to have to work this week. <laughs> like, please, Kim Jong Un, don't test your nuclear weapons this week. <laughs> well, Colleen, you know Kim Jong Un is a listener to this very podcast, and so now that you said that, <laughs> he's going to launch a missile. That'd be my favorite thing if he was like, "Yo, gotta listen to my almost diplomatic today. I really need to know about what's happening." I, I I would not like the questions I have to answer the FBI when they show up in my house. Like, how do you know Kim Jong Un? I'm like, I don't. It's just a so, listener. 
Okay. So Ryan, I'll talk I, to them for you. You need to I'll tweet talk. this episode at the North Korean government and say, yo, Tim, <laughs> check out minute 4833 uh, to see exactly what you should do before the near ends. And It'll be really funny making Colleen work this week. Oh, got you. <laughs> the more Colleen That's work- what the tweet should be. Make Colleen more work this week at Kim Jong-un. <laughs> The, the the more Colleen works, the more she's busy. The the less the less I need to uh, give her love and attention. So that's fine. I despise this. <laughs> All around. Listen, the world turns. Some new, sometimes new North Korea detonates nuclear weapons on New Year's. <laughs> exactly. That's the problem. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, we're actually out of time now. So uh, we talked about 5G probably way too much. Um. That was almost dramatic. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Bye. And uh, happy New Year's to everybody. And uh, bye bye.